Hi everyone, this is Joseph from Huzzah Games. Uh, this is Huzzah Villains Edition. So for those of you that don't know, we have a bonus podcast on our Patreon. Uh, every month we get together, me, Jeff Jocelyn, and we nominate a villain and talk about what makes them so great. What makes them a great villain? Uh, we love talking about the, the elements of tabletop role-playing games, but specifically... In Huzzah Villains Edition, we go over what makes bad people really cool in TV shows, in games, and video games, and whatnot. Uh, and it's just an interesting thing that we dive into every month. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and you probably do, truly, is we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash huzzahgames. And through there, you can support us. And for $5, you get a bonus podcast every month. And it goes a long way. When you support us on Patreon, that actually gives us the ability to expand our show and put our show in different places and reach out to people who are, you know, who love tabletop role-playing games as much as we do. Uh, Jeff and Jocelyn have taught me personally so much over the years. Um, you know, I really couldn't do this show without them, and I love making this show for them. Um, they're really the experts here, and I just enable their creativity and their you know what they know about this awesome industry and it would just mean so much to us if you supported us on patreon so again you'd get the bonus show uh if you want to play in one of our campaigns we actually do run campaigns online and you're welcome to be a part of it so again patreon.com slash huzzah games and from the bottom of my heart thank you so much That reminds me of this time uh, when we got our first place together. Uh, I, it was actually really freaky. We were we had just gone to bed, and we heard this. Uh, it was like it was kind of stormy outside, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we just heard a on our window. Mm -mm. Nope. Like, and the window's like right by my head, like by on my side of the bed. Nope. And I'm like, was and I look, I like kind of rolled over, over on my side. I'm like. Was was that a tap on our window? Was that and a she's thing? Like, yeah, and she's like, I I think I think so actually, and Ooh. I'm like, if that if that's what I think it if that's a, a tapping on our window, I'm going outside and I'm gonna go find it. I'm gonna go find it, <laughs> and and I closed my eyes, kind of drifted off a little bit, and then I heard it again. It was like really loud. And I mean, you couldn't mistake it for anything else. It was like clearly a tapping on our window. <laughs> come to find out, uh, come to, yeah, come to find out, uh, it was the wind, mm -hmm. and where the I guess it was like a screen and the window pane, where they were kind of separated. The wind blowing up against the side of our house literally just made it tap three times oh, on the wow. window. Because we Ooh. ended up finding out like a little later on, on a normal regular day, like in the in the daylight. There was nothing out there, and it was just, but it was windy that day, and we realized, oh, and I could like re, I could like simulate it over and over again, and mm -hmm. yeah, I could just make it tap. So science yeah. almost pooped my pants. <laughs> yeah, I would too. It's like uh, that is a hard negative. Nope, mm -mm. nope on out of there. Have y'all ever had something like that? Like anything kind of um, burglary-ish? I've got one. I've got a good one. All right. So we let's go. Please tell me this is the story from Columbus. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Sorry. Ah, All okay. right. So 
when we were first married, we were living in Columbus, Georgia. And mm. I moved into the one bedroom, one bath that Jeff was in currently. So it's not like a large place. And we really honestly have no idea how we did not hear this. Like, I guess it must have just been totally exhausted. So us and our dog were like all in the bedroom. And like the way the apartment was oriented, like you came in the door and there was like the whole living area and the kitchen and then like the bathroom kind of before you got to the bedroom. So there's like a lot of separation, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. but not that much because it's small. Anyway. So we get up one morning and our door is open. Not just open, it has been kicked open. Like the entire lock is busted. Now, in Columbus, there are a lot of military personnel. So there's a lot of military that don't live on the base. Um, And we had a decent number of them in the apartment complex. And to this day, the story that I cherish (laughs) is that some poor like military person had been out on a bender, right? And they got home where they thought was home and their key wouldn't work they're like well f this noise and they just like kick the door open and they walk in they're like this is not my house i just left because nothing was missing like didn't whole, take a thing there's a boot print on the door like where you would expect the boot print to be for maximum like door breakage and we woke up the next yeah. morning we're like what is this oh my god dog didn't react we didn't react well, he was pretty old just, by that point like we just he, woke up Door was kicked in, called the police. The police came, wrote up a report, and then uh, the nothing was complex, gone. Like apartment complex, you keep on knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like, wow. I think that that was probably there was that one, and then there was when we lived in um, Alpharetta, the uh, couple down, couple downstairs. Oh well, that wasn't like it wasn't break in ish, but. It made us very nervous because yeah. we, they they yelled a lot. So, yeah, they they yelled at each other a good ma- amount and, like, I mean, whatever. You know, it's hard to be private in an apartment. But then, like, she was pregnant and the yelling mm-hmm. seemed to escalate. And then one night, like, we couldn't tell if they were just throwing things or each other. But at one point, we were, like, in bed and our... The, the head of our bed was, like, right next to a wall. And, you know, of course, there's beams that go all the way through the walls. Something hit the wall so hard underneath, like, that we heard it rattle, like, up the beam in the wall. And I was like, I said, I'm calling the cops. Because she's pregnant. Like, I don't know if he's throwing her around or what. So, yeah, that was exciting. It, that wasn't, like, a personal, you know, breaking and entering or whatever. But it was not fun. Yeah, but... It- to crazy roommates though and crazy like neighbors and things like that yeah that was terrifying actually and you know we weren't in any actual danger but we were scared for the situation yeah, yeah absolutely i mean at least you had the like empathy to maybe put yourself in her shoes like what's going on like i wish you know if it were me i would want someone to call for me right you know yeah so good good on y'all that's kind of scary oh mm-hmm. thanks yeah it wasn't fun. I don't know if they ever told them that we were the ones who called or not. I don't think the police would do no, that. No, they but... won't. They won't do that. So, do you guys have a villain this week? Um, I do. Oh well, then Jocelyn should go first. Let's go. Let's go. Well, I don't know. Do you guys have a villain? I will have one. <laughs> I have one, but I want to hear yours. This is kind of like when we go to the restaurant, and you know, you're like, I'm. 50-50 deciding, and then everybody mm-hmm. else like, I'm ready. I was like, well, just start with them, and then by the time you get to me, <laughs> I'll, I'll be ready. <laughs> Does okay. anybody else get insanely jealous when you go out to eat and somebody gets a better meal than you? Yeah. Well, you 
I, I like it when I order what I think is going to be the best meal at the table, then somebody else shows up and it's ten times better than what I ordered. Right? And You're I'm like, like right? what? what? How? It's like I'm at a bar. I am literally at a bar. There's no reason that shrimp and grits should be better than my, <laughs> like, whatever it is that I got. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, yeah. You'll order, like, the steak or whatever, and then they'll order something very simple, but theirs looks so much better than amazing. your little burnt, yeah. burnt piece of oh, meat. And, <laughs> and they're like, and they just take a bite out of it and they're like, mm. yeah. It's like, it's like, dude, seriously, how is yeah. yours so much better than mine? <laughs> I get, I get really jealous about that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Well, you, you, you know us in food. We, we love food. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about these villains. You guys are gonna have a better villain, villain than me. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think, I think I've landed on who, who I'm, uh, who I'm gonna go with, and uh. I'm gonna t- tell you now. It's it, it's a slasher movie villain, just because of mm. it's almost October, and I felt like going with something <laughs> a little, little different. There you go. Okay. He's, okay. He's okay. feeling autumnal. It's, it's not my mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. So go ahead, uh, Jocelyn. You we said you could go first though. Mm. Yeah. What is your villainous shrimp and grits? <laughs> what my villainous shrimp and grits? So, yeah. I'll lay this out. Let's see if you guys can beat it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so my. Joseph's like making threatening Touch. faces. <laughs> Title. What's that? Mm. Villainous shrimp and grits. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I love it. So uh, my villain, my bad guy this time around, is General Drakov from the Black Widow movie. And well, I'm, I'm going to talk about actually Drakov, but before I do and forget about this other point, I want to mention like I went to look it up because I, I couldn't remember his name or I wasn't sure I was remembering his name correctly. So I went to type it in and I, or to Google it. And I was like the villain in Black Widow. And that actually brought up Taskmaster. And I was like, I don't I mean, I, I was just kind of puzzled by that, like because Taskmaster is like a bad guy, but is very, very much upon like taskmaster would not be doing any of this without general Drakov. so i was just kind of flummoxed that google is like no obviously the villain in black widow is taskmaster so that just kind of puzzled me i don't really have anything more to say about that but anyway Drakov <laughs> is the definitely the villain for me because he is so awful like so completely awful but i i found it kind of fascinating because he like, there's a lot of psychological stuff going on there because he both mm-hmm. loves and hates women. Like, he loves women as a commodity. He loves them as clay to be molded. He loves them as something that's going to get him what he wants. But he hates women in that, like, he doesn't care about them. It's like, I, you know, I, I pick girls up off the street. I use the only commodity that the world has too much of, you know, women. And one in 20 don't survive the training process. And... In that, like, that sort of last climactic scene where he's, you know, telling all of his bad guy stuff to Black Widow, and there's this map, and there's, like, so many girls, you know, spread out all across the world. It was, like, hundreds or whatever. And if you take that and multiply that by 20, like, the body count must be staggering. He cares absolutely nothing for women. And I feel like that's typified in his relationship to Taskmaster, who... Okay, uh, spoilers? Like, I feel like it's not too spoilery. Black Widow's been out for a while, but... I don't know if you don't want to hear who Taskmaster is, like, skip ahead something. I don't know. Anyway, I'll give you a moment to ponder. Yeah, wrong podcast. So, uh, also, this is the MCU Taskmaster, not the comic or the cartoon Taskmaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in in the Black Widow movie, Taskmaster is actually Drakov's daughter. So, 
when uh, Natasha attempted to then thought she had killed Taskmaster all those years before, she also killed his daughter, she thought. Um, she didn't actually kill either one of them, but she did wind up uh, horrifically scarring, basically, Antonia, Dracov's daughter. And he was like, I couldn't even look at her. Uh, or no, so, so he, he says to Black Widow, you know, I have to thank you for giving me my most prized possession, my greatest toy, talking about Taskmaster. And he's like, do you know what she looked like after you got done with her? I couldn't even look at her. I had to put a chip in her head, and I, I can't even look at her face. And, but he's just said that he loves Taskmaster. He loves this thing that has been created. And I think that just typifies, like, it's, it's fascinating in a horrifying way to me. Like, when you don't want to watch this train have a horrible, horrible collision and this huge loss of life, but somehow you cannot look away. It's like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So I've never heard of Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, Me neither. But it's like a morbid, like, it, it's like serial killers, right? Like, you can't help but be a little fascinated with, with the serial killer, true crime yeah. right. thing. Because, and I think it's because people are so... This is my personal theory, but like people are so displaced, like uh, better yet, serial killers are so displaced from like what a normal human is mm-hmm. that yeah. it, that's why we're fascinated, like because we can't relate to that, so we want to learn as yeah. much as we can about them. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy. And also, you said the word typify. Uh, Ten points to Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yep, I don't even know. I never heard that word. Never heard it in my life, and that's why uh, Jocelyn wins the show this week. Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> yep. see, I told you, mine's not going to be near as good. But uh, yeah, I, I she was... got the grits. She got the grits. She the got the grits. grits. Uh... <laughs> We're, that's going to have to be a thing from now on. It's like we'll have to have yeah. a section at the end of everyone who got the grits this session. <laughs> who got the grits this week? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be me because I'm going. But you know, he's he's. This is a very iconic, if you, especially when it comes to Halloween movies, and the 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 uh, the classic slasher flicks. I went with Freddy Krueger, mm. just because, a he's just terrifying, absolutely terrifying True that. in in all aspects of when you think about the fact that he kills you in your dreams, and you die in real life. He is absolutely brutal. There's nothing to like about him. And he looks freaky because Robert England uh, probably was one of the best monster actors <laughs> ever, mm-hmm. and it's a and it's another wonderful Wes Craven creation. Wonderful. Oh yeah, Wes Craven. Uh, you know, Thunderbar. I mean, I'm not a huge slasher movie fan personally, but I mm. will give Wes Craven a lot of credit for uh, making some absolutely terrifying slasher movies. <laughs> slasher. Mm-hmm. So. I know most people know Freddy Krueger, but Jocelyn doesn't because uh, she's not. A, I don't think she's seen. I mean, I've heard this. of Freddy Krueger. I know what he looks like, but I have absolutely no idea. I mean, not idea, no oh, desire yeah. to watch that movie. C- could you pick him out of a lineup of other monster, uh, monster horror film characters? Like, I'm pretty sure. Isn't he the guy with like the trashed face and the fedora and like the claw things on his mm-hmm. fingers? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. See, you yeah, know enough. <laughs> you know enough. So Two just, passes. just, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just a quick background, and re- uh, when he was actually a human being, he was a serial killer. Uh, I didn't know he used to be human. I thought he just sort of sprang yeah. fullborn nope, into nope, awfulness. Nope. He was a, he was a, he was the Springwood slasher, murdered children. Um, wow. And um, he evaded uh, prison, though the parents of the murdered children uh, burned him alive. Nope. 
And that's how he became Freddy Krueger and started killing people. Uh, and that's why his face is trashed. Yeah, pretty much. All that's right, fun. all right. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just so you have the full background. Now we know. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, just heavy. Yeah, but uh, you know, I just wanted to pick that one up because I was like, yeah, he's uh, he's one that's been uh, emblazoned in my mind because I probably watched that movie at way too young of an age. <laughs> <laughs> I started. I actually watched my first slasher movie when I was eight years old. Oh no! At a, at a uh, with face. a with a t-ball team sleepover. Oh no! Uh, oh, the God. first movie I watched, uh, first horror T-ball. movie I re- <laughs> yeah, I was eight. Uh, it might have been Pitching Machine. I don't remember. It was baseball team but, related. But it was not a person that was throwing the ball. Like you were no, so no. little that someone yeah, else had to like. It was either from coming from a machine or sitting on a tee. I know I was eight years old. I remember it vividly. It was a sleepover vividly. before a game, before like a tournament or something. <laughs> and we watched Chucky. Oh. It's the first horror movie I ever watched. Oh, my God. At eight years old. And, of course, I'm at that age. Uh, yeah, I don't remember how much I slept that night, but it wasn't long. <laughs> it was I much. don't doubt it for a second. Because, <laughs> you know, Chucky is terrifying to a, an eight-year-old child. Uh, well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember much about Chucky. I know I've seen it since, but yeah, I was like, okay, uh, yeah, that that that's another one that terrified me. But so, but Freddy Krueger, I've seen uh, most of it, most of the series by now. If nothing else, because it's an interesting genre to me more than it is, and we routinely have uh, we have an annual tradition with some college friends where we do a horror movie night and we try and find mm-hmm. actually. We try and find bad ones, but every once in a while, a good one will slip in. And, you know, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, as far as an actual horror movie, is actually pretty good. The 1984 version that Wes Craven actually directed. There are a lot of, like, really good, like, really, really good horror films. But you got to go back to before it was, you know, Halloween 19 or whatever. You got to go back mm-hmm. to, like, the original when they when all these monsters and slashers came out originally. And you're like... Oh, yeah, the first ones are actually pretty good horror movies, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason we had Exhibit in a Halloween movie, and you're just like, okay, this is this is stupid at this point. Uh, <laughs> I think horror as a genre is really interesting because, like, I don't particularly like horror movies or effective horror movies, I guess. I mean, I don't like being scared. That's not a thing I enjoy. But mm-hmm. everything that's kind of associated with horror like as a genre seems to be very positive like i feel a lot of i mean i'm sort of pulling this out of the air but from what i've seen i've done no research on it it seems like it's a good mm-hmm. place for directors to kind of like you know get their chops or whatever and a lot of yeah. stuff is tried mm-hmm. there like a lot of um special effects and oh yeah and like breaking of boundaries i guess and it's also like it's ex- it's almost like because it's expected to be low budget people are willing to try making different movies so not just like halloween 19 or whatever but just this totally out there like rabid beavers from space or like it's a very creative thing i don't know i I just think that's really interesting so i love monster horror films because it's uh very easy to just separate from like reality Mm -hmm. like i know i know it's a monster yeah but when it's a like a 
a, a serial killer or like an evil doctor or like, you know, that kind of stuff. That's when it's like, Ooh, okay. It's a little too real for me. I, I, cause mm. I have a hard time separating that in my imagination. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to bed and I have a nightmare oftentimes, and this is, you know, this is me not everybody experiences this, but like if I get spooked in a dream, almost always I can just wake myself up. Mm-hmm. But if I cannot separate it from like I'm sitting in a dentist chair, but then the dentist wants to kill me, then like <laughs> that's kind of hard to like right. get, a, get away from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What gets me are the horror movies that are actually based off of true stories. Those are the ones that freak me out the most. Mm-hmm. Like I, the, I don't know. It, there's the movie The Strangers. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen that one, but it's based off a true story where you know pretty much the this, these people just barge into this pe- this family's house and torture and kill them, and it's just wow. like, and it's like, oh yeah, that was a movie. I'm like, um, is that the one where they're wearing the masks? No, you're thinking of the Purge, which is oh no, the Strangers. I'm thinking, I don't, no, 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 no. You probably you might be. It was a. Uh, I remember. Yes, you are. That is it, and it is based. And at the end of the movie, it's like based off a true story. I'm like, this actually happened. What the? Yes. <laughs> what the and actual? It's got, yeah, it's got. It's inspired it, what's by. What's your name from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, it's inspired by two real life events, which that freaks me out. That's the kind of stuff that freaks me out because this actually happened. Oh. People. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So when when those kinds of things now, but but here's the there is uh, we can get into a whole different conversation, guys. <laughs> but like the question becomes. Is the filmmaker doing you a service by educating you about what has actually happened in the real world? Nope. 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 It's a resounding hell no. I mean, I can see your argument to a point, but do I need to see a two-hour gore fest on it and then go, oh, yeah, by the way, this was based off a true story? Nope. No. No. Uh, You are an enlightened man now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm enlightened by the fact that I'm going to the, my local gun store when I leave the theater. Okay, yes. All right, yeah. It's terrifying. Like, that, that's, like, so. that's like those two-sentence horror stories, you know, where there's, like, one sentence and then another sentence and it's a whole horror story in it. That's a, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I picture the end of that movie being. It's like, you know, all this gore has happened and the dude's just, like, wiping off his knife or whatever. And it fades to black and it just says, based on a true story. I'm like, that is the most horrifying moment of that yeah, entire I mean, movie. That, that's, I mean... That's what really messed me up even worse is is the fact that, yeah, it was based off of a true story. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you mean somebody mm-hmm. actually did this? So, okay. Nah. Anyway. Just to keep us on the track here, um, I'm going to jump into my villain. Yeah, go uh, for it. I will add that I do think um, horror films would be ten times better if we had more monster films. But they had to be as high quality as it. And uh, the the Krampus. Mm. If we had monster films of that quality for forever, I I could get back into horror. I could get I could get into horror like altogether. <laughs> He's like I would be all in. Oh yeah, like I mean a scary Santa demon like primo <laughs> primo so good. Well, anyway, so my villain is a uh, kingpin, and I don't know if I've ever know. talked about kingpin before. I don't think so. So, I love, I love, love, love the guy who played Kingpin in Daredevil, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. I want to say one of his biggest roles, or breakout roles at least, was when he was in the movie Full Metal Jacket. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
the guy, uh, for those that don't know who Vincent D'Onofrio is, he is just a, a stellar actor who gets so deep into a character. Uh, he can almost, he just plays them uh, almost like on a, like a psychological level. Like he knows exactly who this character is and how they think. And then he translates this into a, into per, the performance uh, mm. with the way that he like the cadence of his speech and his mannerisms, his, his, the, I mean, the way he carries himself is just so scary as Kingpin. He's oh, yeah. a very t- terrifying character uh, in, in Daredevil. Oh yeah. Um, and what makes him a great villain to me is the the simple fact that nobody really knows like who works for Kingpin. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like talk talk about the reality of the situation, right? Like the reality yeah. of of villainy. Villainy. You know, he, there's no superpower. It's literally just his influence over all of Hell's Kitchen <laughs> and New York. Like, oh man, that is. So if anybody's in uh, listening to this and they've never seen Daredevil, you honestly could watch season one of Daredevil and you'd never have to watch anything else. Like you'd never have to go past season one. Cause like Vincent D'Onofrio was like just captivating. Yes. Ooh. I will say, um, that goes a lot of credit to him. Obviously he brought a lot to that role <laughs> and he brought brutality to that role in the scariest possible way of he was calm about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I also have to give a lot of credit to the, the showrunners of that particular season. Yeah. Because that show was, you know, you'd see the chef's kiss, but that that was it, man. Yeah. The way it was shot, the way it was written, it was just. It, it's almost like the show was written, that season was written for Kingpin, not Daredevil. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, because Daredevil didn't really become a major factor Till like the end of the season, you know, mm-hmm. you, you saw him, he was having this internal struggle and Kingpin was just doing whatever Kingpin yeah. wanted. Mm-hmm. And Vincent was great. Just at, kingpinning all over mm-hmm. the place. <laughs> yeah. At, at, well, it was, you know, he was asserting Kingpin's dominance and that's what, that was the whole point of the, of the series or that yeah. season was to show, Oh yeah. Daredevil wants to clean up the neighborhood. He's got to go against the inso facto runner ruler of the neighborhood. It was yeah. great. It was good. I and I'm I'm not a Netflix like series person. I don't. I don't. It's hard for me to jump jump into a uh, to such a commitment with a show, but very very rarely does a show come along that has one season that you could just stop right there, right? Yeah. And I said that about Dexter when I was talking about the Trinity Killer, like in previous in a previous episode. Yeah. You know, you could just watch that one season, frankly, and not pick up anything else because you just it's like how are you going to beat that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I felt about the Kingpin arc. Nice. Yeah, I've had a couple of series where they do that, where they you they you know they peaked. Like, mm-hmm. um, did you ever watch Psych? No, I didn't. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah. So Psych peaked, I think, right when they wrapped up the Yin Yang Killer. Same concept. Mm-hmm. They had this three season. It was always the season finale, but it was three episodes that tied together following this, you know, this Yin Yang Killer. And after that, I was like. They never did anything like it again. I was like, that's because they could never recreate that. It was just those three episodes were perfect. Well, but they kind of sprinkled like they sort of built the suspense because like they would be doing an entirely different case. And just like right at the end of the episode or whatever, something would come up about, oh, that that was Yin or blah, blah. Like, Mm. yeah, it was. But after after that season, it's just like. 
they never did anything like that again. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't think they could. That was mm-hmm. too well done. And exactly, it's it is possible to be too good. And that's the, that's been the thing with Marvel. Marvel somehow has, well, I think they've avoided it only because they've had they they have had duds. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. be honest with ourselves. They've had some duds come out. And uh, has yep. lowered the bar again, and then and then they can feel free to raise it. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't think Marvel has had a perfect set yet. They've come when close. it comes to movies or shows. Movies, well, she, mm. both. I don't think they're. I don't. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, Agents was good for a little bit, and then it kind of got stale. Real, it kind of got stale, mm-hmm. and then um, their Disney Plus shows. Uh, I'm I'm not fully caught up on, so I can't judge those right yet. but i've heard I, I love mar uh i mean this, i don't think this counts as marvel um but mandalorian is like fantastic oh I love mandalorian. Man- mandalorian that's See, disney plus though but that's but that's the other thing uh mandalorian is another one where the, the first three seasons have been fantastic mm-hmm. but now they've wrapped that story wait there's up. been three i missed the third one whoa Hold no on. there's been two the two, first two seasons okay. I'm sorry. <sighs> for some reason there's two seasons the third one is coming out yeah, this dude, December. Yeah, it's great. But the first two seasons, they've wrapped up that story arc. So, oh my god! Which, which, Baby once Yoda. again, begs the question: Have they set that bar too high with the first two seasons that the third season is not going to have the same impact? I don't know. I'm still here for it. It is so well. Like, I mean, John Favreau and um, Dave Filoni. I will, I will always give them the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, I'm like. You guys have hit home runs constantly. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're gonna miss. <laughs> and, yeah. And when uh, when is that gonna happen? Because I don't know if I can handle it. Because you guys have hit home runs. But Dave it is Filoni, not this day. Dave Filoni is is he? They finally gave him full. He's I think he's got creative control over all Star Wars animation and TV now, which he should have had Whoa. for the longest time. He was responsible for the Clone Wars animated series, Rebels. And he was the executive producer on The Mandalorian, so that's amazing. He he has hit home runs when it comes to Star Wars. Very and John Favreau uh, has been. I mean, I've loved him almost everything he's done. He, I love him in Chef. Chef right? is such a good movie. It's a great <laughs> movie. It is so good. It was unexpectedly I, good. Like I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he also uh, directed the first Iron Man. Yes, he did. And he is happy. He's happy in oh, yes, all the Iron Man's, yes. which is say, like I always think of him so as happy. Good. He's just like this but, sweet, goofy dude, and then he's doing all this crazy stuff behind the scenes. And you're so, like, what? If 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 anyone wants somebody to thank for the MCU, it's John Favreau because exactly Iron Man was the first one. Nice. <laughs> you know who? Uh, you know who revolutionized um, Huzzah Villains edition. Hmm. Who's that? Jocelyn, because she got the grits. I know she got the grits I tonight. The yeah, grits. absolutely. Yay. And I think that's a wrap, guys. That's a, that's a wrap. I think that's true. We could keep talking, but it wouldn't be about villains anymore. We'd kind of wander off somewhere else. 